0: Back once again at Exile Brewing as we uh, taste the Swarm beer for the first time here today. David Eichel hanging out with us as we talk Hawkeyes on Locked on Hawkeyes. Our Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked
1: on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes Podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Uh, not in my basement right now. We're not in the <laughs> studios at KXNO. No, we are out and about in downtown Des Moines at Exile Brewing. And myself, along with David Eichold of 24-7 Sports Hawkeye Insider, are getting our, well, not our first taste because we've been here yeah, for a while a today. <laughs> our first taste, though, of the new Hawkeye Swarm
1: Beer. Well, first of all, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I was gonna say you and I have been talking for about what four years, maybe yeah. longer than that. This is the first time we've been able to meet in person, so it's a pleasure, obviously. Des Moines celebrity and legend <laughs> Trent Condon having me on, so I appreciate you. I uh, we'll always
0: appreciate our conversations, and I'm always happy to get you on the podcast because those are usually some of our best viewed. <laughs> Don't have to look at my ugly mug; people get to get to see the young uh, hot they, stuff over here. They, they,
1: they get the face for radio and me, right? So man, we're all good. That is definitely me.
0: <laughs> that is definitely me. Well, we are. Very excited, first of all, for this beer, because we both enjoy drinking beer. I told it. Uh, it comes podcast, with the
1: industry, though, right? It, it, it kind of does, does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hand in hand, if
0: you're in the sports world, you're probably going to enjoy yourself a, a cocktail from time to time or a beer. So I was talking to RJ Tursey, the owner here. At yep. When I heard, well, when I first saw on both your message board and Tom Baker's message board, Brad talked about, you want to get a beer. Yep. And i like, I think I know where this is going to go it's going to be either an IPA that I'll hate. Yeah. It'll be something way too hoppy. It'll be for the beer connoisseurs of the world, or it just won't have that taste that you're used to with a domestic beer. That's what I drink. Yeah. That's I'm simple. I have light beer (laughs) and I'm good. And I'll chug a bunch of them before the Hawkeye game. You drink
1: football season beer all year, basically. Right. Absolutely.
0: I'm that guy. I, that's what I do and I'm happy with it, but coming here, hearing a few people that had tried it earlier in the week. And I heard from both a same person like me, a domestic drinker and yep. somebody that's a beer connoisseur. At least they think they
1: are like, yeah, exactly. Self-proclaimed. Right? And, they,
0: and they both liked it. And then I came in with a little more optimism. This thing's delicious. It's so good. The drinkability. Yeah. I, you're talking not just tailgates, but to have in your fridge, and you, it's just one that you can pop open after yep. a day of work. It is, but it's not too light either. It's, it is as perfect of a this style of beer as I think. Have you can Have
1: mind. you had a Kona Big Wave?
0: I have. Yes. I
1: think it's very similar to Kona Big Wave. It's a good Wave. call. Yeah. I, I think just in terms of flavor profile, and Brad and them did a really smart thing, and that was light drinking. What what could you I say? What could you shotgun at tailgate? Right. Yeah. yeah. It is. You could easily yeah. shotgun this. I think it, it. it's got like the flavor profile of something that's higher alcohol percentage. Mm-hmm then like a four, I think it's a four, one, it's a
0: four, one. Yeah. RJ like it, it, a four. It's a
1: very more flavorful for a four, one. Because usually you think it's like water. It's too like, like dry. a PBR is like a five. Well, PBR is a lot of things, <laughs> but that way, <laughs> but you know,
0: it's something where, yeah. On that high end, it's not, it's a, not a Michelob Ultra.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely not. No, Which, like and I, I would tell you, if I didn't think it was good, it's, I, I would say it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not endorsing it. Obviously, I, I cover the team, everything else like that. And next step for Brad, and I think they're fully aware of it. I'm sure RJ is fully aware of it. This is what Beth needs to get on the phone. She's going to be the new AD August 1st. They got to find a way to make it tapped mm-hmm. in Kinnick, because what do you think a bunch of drunk football fans are going to do? They're going to want to continue lovely. support, especially during a blowout. Yes. Imagine how many more people are going to go drink that swarm beer. Uh-huh. So, no, I think it's a very smart move by Exile to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I know some other businesses. I think Jordan Bohan tweeted this. So that was a really good point. You don't want to alienate the state in terms of, you know, like Iowa State fans are now saying, you know, we don't want to drink Exile, which is their right. That's completely fine. Iowa fans would do the same exact thing, in my opinion. But I think Exile, just given kind of its how prominent it is in the state, Exile Ruthie is on my go-to.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Like, I love Exile and, and Ruthie.
0: It's funny when I've heard Cyclone fans say the same I'm going to guess there are plenty of Cyclone fans of maybe one of their favorite beers and not their favorites, Ruthie. Yeah. They're just going to stop drinking it. I don't
1: believe That's you. That's not happening. It'll, just, it'll last a solid week or two, and then they'll kind of get over it, right? Yeah, There'll be something well, else. The, the other thing that they need to think about, too, is, like, people in general, it's like, if they're not drinking the Swarm beer, they're not contributing to the right? I mean, just don't drink it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Just don't yeah. drink it. Um, but it is interesting, and, like, like you talk to RJ, I'm sure people are listen to RJ. RJ's a really nice dude. I think yeah. they've done a really, really good job. i got to give Brad Heinrichs a lot of credit for what he's done with the Swarm. I think it's very trailblazing of Iowa to try to get out ahead of this because they don't have a lot of those big donors. But you think about the gaming casino, you know, the casino that sponsored mm-hmm. them. You think about Exile, now they're doing the beer. I mean, for Gary Barton never giving Brad a call, Brad's done a really, really nice job of putting Iowa at least in a competitive situation. So we've seen historically
0: Iowa in terms of revenue is usually in that kind of fifteen to twenty range. Sure. Collective wise, it seems like they're they're close there, but the difference in the gap, yes, Ohio State and Texas and Michigan, they're kind of their own level, they're play at their own field. Well, Michigan
1: got you know, they they really weren't about it for a while. I know there's a lot of I'm just speaking of... in before and oh, I oh yeah, just sorry, revenue yeah, yeah. back. Okay, okay, yep, yep. Back in the day, if you will. I was thinking yeah. yeah, okay. That's why I was thinking Ohio yeah. State when they came out like we need 11 million dollars a year to stay relevant but i think there's a real chance for this collective to not get at maybe the top five level
0: but get into that top 15 top 12 i that's a realistic yeah, goal i think so and these kind of ideas Brad's a super sharp guy uh, reading him on your message board at hawkeyeinsider.com he is a guy that he comes up with ideas and not just has ideas but then goes out and executes
1: them. It's very interesting because usually when you think – he's very numbers-oriented. I think he's an okay. actuary he science is, yeah. major, yeah. right? But, in, again, not to put people too much in a bubble. But when you're a numbers person, you kind of sometimes lack creativity yeah. because your brain's just wired differently, right? I mean, very creative people don't have that that numbers game with them either. Brad's done a really good job of being open receptive enough to people who might have other ideas. I'm sure he's come up with more than a few of his own as well. And people need to remember, he's not getting paid. Yeah. He runs his own company from Florida, Florida, right? I believe it's yes. Florida. Yep. It's fine. He's TX Hawk. Yeah. yeah. But he, you gotta give him a lot of credit for being just receptive enough, and being self-aware enough to recognize his faults, and still be able to, to be able to go out and execute these things. And Iowa's also in a unique position itself because Iowa fans care about football and basketball and wrestling, women's basketball. How many other programs are really like that around the country? That it's a huge I, I, You know, I would even throw in Iowa State. I don't know about the wrestling. I, I just don't know. I'm not a big wrestling guy. That's just me. But, like, they care about women's basketball a whole lot. They care they about do. obviously Hilton is incredible. Volleyball. I know people don't want to hear it. They volleyball. Volleyball
0: incredibly well.
1: Football. Mm-hmm. Like, be, Iowa fans can make jokes about Iowa State. That's just the rivalry itself. But like, it, it, you know, but they care. Mm-hmm. But... but Outside of that, it's like how many other programs around the country are really, really all about their athletic program as a whole versus what's trending, what's dominating?
0: I, I think it's our area because Nebraska's that way.
1: Yep. But it's it's
0: very difficult to find yeah. because Nebraska, now they've also had a ton of success. You know, baseball made a college World Series. and semi. Well, I was going to
1: say the football, the football will always be king there. Right. Iowa, I feel like, would still be Iowa, maybe even Iowa State. They'll still be just as supportive of football and yeah. basketball. I've said this before, Nebraska basketball could win five national titles in a row in basketball. Mm-hmm. They will care about making a college football playoff a thousand times yeah. more than winning at basketball. But they still show up for basketball. They, they still support it. But that shows how prominent football is now. Football's king over at Nebraska mm-hmm. more than anything else.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And you're right. The way that that we support as Iowans and Hawkeye fans and alumni and everything else and if there's success, you see that build. And we've seen that now over the last decade of Rick Heller. As we're sitting here watching Absolutely. The, the Iowa baseball game as we're uh, recording here today, the success there, looking at the future of what Iowa baseball is going to be, they're basically rebuilding the grandstand ground up yep. and redoing it in a 3,000-seat structure and actual seats in there and yeah. hopefully a little bit better from what I'm coming over to call the state baseball tournament. Sure, yeah. <laughs> all those things. But you know, those are the things that Iowa can support, and, and we see this too. You mentioned, though, and this has been a big hang up the gap between the swarm and the athletic department, and specifically Gary Barta. Gary Barta is certainly more old school than most 59 year olds, I think.
1: Yeah. He's no definitely a,
0: a guy that probably skews older as the way that he looks at college athletics. We know what this is eventually leading to. The athletes are going to become employees of the no university. No question.
1: No that's, question. That's
0: the end game. That's where we're going to get. And I wonder if Gary Barta looks at this and understands that, yes, right now, those iClub donations, those $100 checks, they really don't matter when yep. you're making 60 $75, 80000000 million a year in TV revenue. But understanding when we get to that point, that check's going to come due relatively soon.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that money that is all of a sudden maybe for a lot of families or individuals is being allocated to the swarm, we need to get that money back. And maybe when you think about it down the road, he knows what's coming. And and maybe that's why he wasn't as quick to warm up to what the collective
1: Gary Gary was never the person that was going to be able to transition Iowa into what College Athletics is becoming. And I, I said this on your radio show the other day. This next hire is going to be the most important hire in the history of Iowa Athletics. And I don't think I'm speaking in hyperbole. You think about what Kirk's done. Think about Lisa Bluter. Even Fran. Like people... I think people are very overly critical of Fran.
0: Completely agree.
1: Fran does maximizes what he has. Now I agree the Sweet Sixteen thing—that's completely valid. Mm-hmm. But everything else, I mean, he develops pros. I was, no, you know, it's, it's a fun style of basketball yes. to watch. They win twenty-plus games. Like they—they're in the upper echelon of the Big Ten every year, which is not as, like, I don't think people realize how tough that is to do. Mm-hmm. Like Fran's very consistent. And I always hate how people subscribe to the notion of a sweet sixteen or bust. Okay, then why are we playing the first thirty games at this point? Like, you right. need to be able to enjoy the process. That's what college athletics is. But you can still be frustrated about it in the meantime. But as you mentioned with Gary, I just, it, it should have been a fireable offense to not give Brad a call. With where I like, that's why I think Beth gets. We talked about this the other day. I think she is a perfect interim athletic director. It will not surprise me. If she is the next Iowa athletic director, she's an all American soccer player and she's very, very well respected in admi- college administration in a nutshell, like more than what people I think know. And based on talking to people in and outside the program about her, she's loved at Iowa right now. And really? she was a sitting AD for ball state. And she set up an NIL collective for them right when she was allowed to And At ball state. I mean, that's not exactly that's Muncie, Indiana small max tool, I but, believe one but of she the cared smallest... enough to do it. Yep. Yeah
0: but understand this is going to be the future. One thing about that, yeah. when we uh, continue, we'll take a quick time out here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. When we come back, the athletic director position, you are not alone. Many people believe this is fait Complete. It's going to be Getz's job, yeah. and whatever process they go through is just a formality. I'm going to tell you why that does concern me a little bit. We'll do sure. that when we come back here on On Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. As we continue here in round two of the NBA Finals and get past game two, FanDuel has you covered all the props that you can imagine. Of course, the game lines, they always do a great job of putting those out there and giving you so many different options for you to make a bet on. Well, FanDuel right now has a no-sweat first bet up to $2,000, $2,500, excuse me, $2,500 $2,500 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You can get in and all the great promotions that they have every single day. They got boosts. They got different options for you, all on a safe and secure app where you get paid instantly. No better place for you to bet on all the NBA playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit Fanduel.com slash On and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. Again, Fanduel.com slash Locked On FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Trent of back with you again here alongside David Eichold of HawkeyeInsider.com on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. All right, David. So I mentioned this, and I believe that Gets is a great candidate. Yeah. One, I guess, thing that some people have said, well, she's already got the stench of Gary Barta on her.
1: She's been there since what, September? September. September 7th was her first start
0: Let's slow down, right? I'm that part of it. I don't think the stench can permeate that quickly in terms (laughs) of a a role like that. But the way that I break it down is this, and and I mentioned this on, on our radio show. In college athletics, there are 32 big jobs. It's the SEC and it's the Big Ten. No question. Everybody else, it is a different level that you're playing at. That is what the structure is. And with only 32 of these jobs, I looked at the sitting ADs right now in the Big Ten. I found six of them that came from another Power 5 program. I don't want Iowa to minimize. Now, maybe the candidate won't be there. Or maybe gets proves to be the The best best candidate. And if that's the case, absolutely, she should get the job, no doubt about it. But I just don't want to see them pigeonhole themselves into the easy decision. And maybe... Probably the decision that, with a wink and a nod, was going to be there. Sure. Because this is not only, at minimum, one of the 32 jobs that people want. We talked about, in terms of revenue, probably a top 15 job. And then you throw in the fact that the new AD is going to hire a new football coach, is going to hire a new men's basketball coach, women's we, basketball likely coach, a new women's, baseball yeah. coach, maybe even wrestling coach. How old is Rick Heller? Heller is 60. Cap. Okay, that's what so, I was thinking. If you're looking at this job, and I think most ADs look at it kind of a 10-year, that's what your kind of your big window is. Sure. You're going to be hiring four, maybe five of the most major sports yep. at Iowa. There's going to be a ton of ADs. Minnesota, not a great collegiate job. You're working in a professional city. They do not have the support because of the professional aspect up there. Yep. They went out and got a very well-respected AD in coil from Syracuse. So that's the part of it that... And it does feel very Iowa like. Yeah. We're just gonna give it to Getz.
1: I just I I want to see this be a true search. And it should. Yeah. And it should. Like, here's the thing though, when when they hired Beth Guest, and again, this is maybe my tin foil hat conspiracy.
0: Okay, we like those, yeah.
1: It was kind of assumed that she was gonna be the next AD. Absolutely. Now, look, I don't know how extensive the process was to hire kind of her replacement, you okay. know, when she when she ended up taking over. But I would tell people this: this is not Gary Barr to hire. it, it kind of Infuriates me that people think that Gary Barta is this like, and look, Gary Barta has a lot of flaws. Let's, let's, like I said, he, he never wanted to compete with the Swarm in terms of donations. Yeah. He's been an outstanding fundraiser. That part is undeniable. Is. But the reason why he never reached out to NIL and Brad was because he didn't want to have to compete with you donate versus the athletic department of the Swarm when ultimately they need to compliment one another. They're on the same team. And Beth has obviously done a number of good things when she was at Ball State transitioning to Iowa. She's done, you know, built relationships. The other thing is, though, too, if she starts August 1st when Gary's retired, right? If she goes through an entire football season, builds relationships to the board, builds relationships with Barbara Wilson, Iowa goes to a Big Ten championship in football, and she does everything right, especially from a PR perspective, how are you going to be able to have her do all the right things Mm -hmm. and not get the job unless you have a top 10 to top 12 sitting AD willing to leave Yeah a prominent I'll say organization a prominent university to go to Iowa and I think Iowa people don't realize like how prominent the Iowa athletic job is it's yes, very highly coveted it is very revenue based diehard fan base that's not just football mm-hmm. especially with women's but not basketball overbearing. yeah exactly
0: we're not talking Auburn we're not talking not Bama places that's, that's gonna run you out after one bad season stability coupled with the exactly it's like
1: They'll be highly, I won't say highly respected. I mean, look at Bart, but, but it's but you, you have a little bit more, you have a lot more wiggle room, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's a very, hey, it's a very loyal fan base, it's a very loyal and university. Job through all this. And they care about consistency more than anything else. Yes. I mean, again, that's why the next athletic director, you already mentioned it with the job changes, that's why it's the most important hire in school history, in the athletic department history. So, it's gonna be interesting, and I think it's irresponsible for Iowa not to explore outside candidates. But if you're gonna hire somebody over Beth Getz when she, if she does, if she does everything right, yep, you that's better gonna be, damn well yeah. sure you have the right person
0: because yeah. she's gonna get a job in a minute.
1: Absolutely, no question. Because I mean, she was a finalist yeah. for the Wisconsin athletic director yeah. job. She was like the executive of the year in women's college basketball, and mm-hmm. she was on that committee. Like she, again, I, I kind of hate. I know people hate like the family feel of Iowa, the in-house They're, hires, and that's understandably so given what's happening with the football program. Yeah. This is not one of those. And I would always push back on people about it. So it's, it's a very exciting time. I think for Iowa athletics in a lot of ways, but for our university, that's so used to consistency and stability. Iowa fans are going to be very uncomfortable mm-hmm. over the next five to 10 years while they hire these replacements. So I remember when bump Elliott
0: hung it up. I'm older than you, but <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't remember bump as an AD. <laughs> I remember when both left. And the concern about that. Um, And and I understand the same trepidation that is there right there. But it ultimately comes down to the Board of Regents will have input. And President Wilson will have input. We don't, I don't feel like, at least, because I look at things athletics only. And I'm also based here in Des Moines. Yeah. Yeah, I went to school at Iowa, but I don't care about the academic stuff anymore. (laughs) You know, I, I just don't. You live in Iowa City. You, yep. you, you read the stories about what's happening, not just sports wise, but at across course, the university. Of so, course. What do we know about her? What do we, as it pertains to sports? Because it feels like she is very behind closed doors. At least that's the perspective that I get.
1: No, I, I would agree. I think she's done a good job of making herself known to the right people. And I think that's what's most important. I think she'll do a very good job with fans when she's given the platform. I don't think she's had the platform or the opportunity to do so. Okay. And when you know, when you're new to a place, keep in mind. Like I think she played soccer in, somewhere in Kansas or Missouri. I want to okay. say. I, I wish I could remember the university off the top of my head. But she's an All American soccer player. She's a coach. This is a well traveled season, up, or veteran, but up and comer in, in terms of college administration. And I can tell you from sources talking to people, and I've said this on my board, I've said it in my podcast, so I'll say it here. I'm talking to people within the athletic department, within the realm of Iowa athletes, even the families of Iowa athletes, they are thrilled about this. Like, okay. Beth has done all the right things behind the scenes and forged those right relationships. Now, you, you can do all that, but is the execution going to be there? Because this is one of, again, I hate I hate trying to speak in hyperbole or trying to over things. This is one of the most important football seasons in the Kirk yeah, Ferentz era.
0: It is. Without
1: Brian, I mean, say wherever you want, Brian Ferentz, we could go do a whole other three podcasts and on we, alone, We've said right? plenty, right? <laughs> But, you know, they've done the nice job in terms of replacing the talent. Oh, yes. Or upgrading the talent, I should say. So they've done all the right things there. But for Kirk, not even just the Brian Ferentz aspect aside, you think about NILs continuing to take an impact, the transfer portal. USC, UCLA are joining next season. This is the last year of divisional play. And I've said it, Iowa fans should expect a Big Ten West title. Oh, yeah. I think they. I know a lot of people are in Wisconsin. I don't buy stock into it quite yet because I don't get it. You're going to take that Wisconsin the way they played and transform it into an air raid offense. You know what? Happened? I covered Scott Frost and and I'm now look. Luke Pickles much more accomplished than Scott Frost ever was. The right. UCF national title was one of the biggest jokes in NCAA history. I don't want to hear. It. I know it's a meme. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I was in that press conference with Scott Frost, and he said. The Big Tens get changed for us, and I knew right then he was not going to last more than three or four years. He was yeah. going to get fired. Luke Fickle is much more accomplished. He's been to a college football playoff, et cetera, but you're not coming to the Big Ten, and you're not going to be able to change an offensive style of Wisconsin to fit what you want to do and what you did at Cincinnati. And you look at Iowa defensively, look at the personnel they have, and it's their schedule. Yeah, Iowa fans should expect ten wins this season. I think anything other than that, not going to Indianapolis for Big Ten title, I think it's a failure of a season. Penn State they will be a dog. Uh FanDuel
0: yep. I know had the number out a while ago. I don't know if it's still up, but was it double digits. It was it was either seven and a half or ten and a half. I can't remember which I one. I
1: think it was if it was ten and a half, I'd, not that I'm not a financial advisor or you know a gambling <laughs> guy, but I might hop on that that would hop on that ten and a half.
0: And Wisconsin, I would guess if they put out a preseason line for that, probably Badgers by three, just because it's out It's Wisconsin. at Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah, that's It'll, probably about right. They're gonna be favored in every other game though.
1: I bet Nebraska's favored.
0: Hmm. By the end of the year,
1: no, but I don't know. They still buy stock in Nebraska.
0: Preseason line, perhaps. You, you By think, the time we get to November,
1: you're saying you think about the West, yeah? Like Purdue first year coach, Illinois yep. first year coach, Wisconsin first year coach.
0: Illinois lost their DC. Yeah,
1: Minnesota. Walter. Got a yeah, the new the new the new Purdue replace. guy. Minnesota. I don't I don't buy stock in Minnesota. Plus That's what. Fleck. He's an idiot. Uh, he, he has his moments. <laughs> you know, he he rows the boat. It sinks about halfway through the year, but like it does all right. Um, yeah, Kirk's got his. Well, oh, Mohammed Ibrahim's gone. Yeah. And that dude was unbelievable. Years I was think, stuck. I mean, here's the thing about Iowa fans. I think college football fans sometimes you have to tip your cap. Omo Ibrahim did against Iowa. You so, just have, like, you know, the, the most die hard yeah. Iowa fans yeah. are tipping their cap saying, man, yes. I can't believe after all you went through, you're still going 40 times a game for two, yeah. what, 230. Right. Like the Saquon Barkley game. Yeah. The Trace McSorley punt kind of soured a lot of feelings, yeah. but. You tipped your hat to Saquon Barkley for the performance. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. That was a tough one, too. Uh, but, no, it, like but like I said, you look at the Big Ten West, the Fisher coaches, the transition, Iowa schedule, and who they've upgraded and who they have, there should be pressure on Iowa football to make a Big Ten title game this year.
0: All right, one more thing for you, Eichel, and that's basketball. Yep. And this Grant Nelson thing. Now, as Iowa fans, you know, we, we get excited to have our heart broken, but – yeah. Is this a real thing? Does Iowa really have a chance to get where the Athletic has him ranked as the number three transfer portal? Not that is available right now. Like overall. That is the portal. I've seen him. ESPN had him at number four. Like this is a huge, huge addition. Is this real that Iowa's got a chance?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it it was a little bit surprising to me when I first got word of it and the intel coming in. But once he withdrew from the NBA draft, I think people need to realize he's a native North Dakotan. Mm -hmm. So I think the geography helps. The last, you know, the five, I think you look at the last five years, the leading scorer has been the position that Grant Nelson would play.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and if you go in Iowa and Grant Nelson, there's a couple things the NBA wants him to work on. But if he goes to Iowa, drops 21 and nine a night, he's going first round. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And you look at what Iowa's ceiling is next year and what Frank can sell him on player development wise and who I've been told Iowa has a real shot. I would place at 25 to 30 percent right now. I think if he All makes right. if he makes a visit to Iowa, I think it's a coin flip. Baylor, Alabama, still to make he, Alabama. He's, he has a visit lined up right now as of when we're recording this podcast. He has a visit lined up to Alabama. is going to be a favorite, I think, as well. But it's going to be very, very interesting to kind of see what happens with him. And I think Iowa has a lot of really good things going for it. I think they can compete, uh, you know, maybe even on the NIL front, maybe not as much as in Alabama. Yeah. But I would also throw in this fact. Iowa might be benefiting from the fact that he entered the portal. Because he's so focused on the NBA draft, he didn't really listen to schools before yeah. them. A lot of the schools that would probably throw the boat at him are full on scholarships absolutely. now.
0: absolutely, Or they've already filled that position. And, and he's
1: like, I'm not getting any PT here. Right, and this right. is a guy who has one year of eligibility, who's one of the most productive players in the country. And I know people would say, well, Philip or Broch, you need a year transition. And I, I like Philip. Phillip's a great great Dude, he was a, this is a phenomenal, prospect. phenomenal players, especially yeah. second year. But like, this is not one, this is a guy you plug and play. Iowa is an NCAA tournament team to get Grant Nelson. Like,
0: Rabracha, if I remember correctly, he was rated, you know, like a 60 to 80 kind of Probably. transfer, you know, in that range.
1: And in my opinion, he was playing out of our position, too. He was, I mean, he's yeah. an undersized five going up against Zach Eadie and Zach Eadie going to Purdue is a completely, yeah. Man, especially if you see the you should watch the film of him hitting threes and those yeah. NBA workouts. It's ridiculous. And those guards
0: are now sophomores. Yeah. That was
1: the biggest flaw about them last year, and they Absolutely. still had a lot of talent. And that's why I mean I told so you I never bought in. I think you and I both talked about. I think Ken kind of pushed back oh, on he us a little he bit, did. but you and I were we like, hey, on freshmen of them, That was a problem." Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they're a bunch of freshman guards. I'm like, freshman guards don't carry you in tournament time. They don't. And that's and why we've said if Tony Perkins is consistent, and Iowa gets to do a, a tournament.
0: It's crazy that he's a garden. You add Nelson. You go from a team I think 500 is kind of what I see this group okay. right now this roster. You add Grant Nelson though. I believe and I saw Bart Torvik. I talked about this on the podcast last yeah. week. It's a analytic best base, base site like Ken Pomba goes a little deeper. Yep. And Torvik, you can add guys to rosters yeah. and it'll spit out what the projections are. I would jump up defensively like 50 spots, oh, it's which they need, Yeah, <laughs> and like I think it was 12 spots, they jump up in the national rankings. He's a lot higher than I am, at least his numbers are, coming into the season on this yeah. Iowa team. And they're, like you said, they're an NCAA tournament team, and then Fran will have nine tournament teams in 11 years. Lute Olson never did that. Dr. Tom never did that. We have not seen this happen. Now, I know college basketball has evolved and changed, yeah. but Iowa basketball has not had that happen. Let's make this happen, all right? And that means drinking some swarm beer, get some more money into the collective, right?
1: Here, here's the thing, too, and it goes back to what you and I talked about regarding Fran. If Fran makes one Sweet Sixteen, how highly regarded is he at Iowa right oh, now? Yeah. He's he's That's different. He's king of it, right?
0: If he would have made it two years ago, the year they lost to Richmond,
1: yeah, that huh.
0: that was the. One. There, there's
1: a couple of what ifs I would say too, like the Oregon we talked about yeah. off air. I mean, it's there's always. I think I think Fran. I think when it's ultimately said and done, Fran needs a Sweet Sixteen to solidify his legacy. Mm-hmm. But I also think people are gonna look back and say, you know what, Fran did a lot, a lot of things a lot better than people gave him credit for. But again, it's because Iowa fans are so desperate to yes. craving to get back. I don't want to say to relevancy because they're I think they're a very relevant oh, program, with yeah. the yeah. player awards and everything, they need that team's success to really, really solidify everything.
0: No doubt about it, David Eichold here at Exile. Well, we gotta have uh, another beer and watch a little Iowa baseball, and let's do it like that. We gotta wrap things up. Hey,
1: man, I appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for bringing some handsomeness here to the airwaves (laughs) on YouTube and joining us here on the audio side as well. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.